Welcome to the Life Over Coffee podcast. I am Rick Thomas, and I thank you so much for being here. This is episode 170. The title of this podcast is Learning to Trust God While Caring for Others. This is something that every one of us struggle with, or we have struggled with it at some point in time. When we speak the truth to other people, there can be levels of uncertainty going on in our own minds as to whether we're doing it right, are we going to hurt the other person, are we going to damage someone? Many times you can leave a discipleship situation or a counseling session and you can start having those second thoughts Well, I want to talk about that in this podcast, and the reason I'm doing this is because one of my Mastermind students was sharing how she struggled that way, and as I was supervising one of her reports, and she was communicating to me her struggles with speaking the truth to those whom she disciples, her concern was that she may say the wrong thing, which could lead to hurting the individual. Now, I appreciate that and I'm glad that she cares about the people that she is discipling. We always want to care. But what typically happens with people who do care, the tendency can be to overcare, which means we can overworry, we can be anxious or fretful that we're not doing it the right way. One of the interesting things about all discipleship context is there are two at least two people involved, and many times we only give thought. Uh, to the person who is receiving counseling, but we don't think about the person who is providing the counseling. But God is a multitasker, and He is working in both lives differently. And so what I want to do in this podcast is I want to talk about the person who is providing soul care. I want to talk about the discipler. And I want to talk about a specific person, a kind of person, uh, the person who is concerned about saying or uh, speaking the wrong thing. Now, there are, I suppose, counselors or disciplers that don't care uh, that much or don't have empathy or don't work hard at the skill of uh, providing sanctification soul care. That's another podcast. I don't want to talk about those who care little I want to care I want to talk about those who tend to care too much. They tend to overcare and thus they overworry. Now one of the things that I've done in this podcast is I have drawn out, sketched out a mind map. I did this for my student when I was supervising the report that I mentioned earlier. I sent the report back to her and I sent this mind map And then I was thinking after I had done that, that, you know, this might make a a good podcast. So I decided to do this podcast and put this mind map in it. And if you want to see the exact mind map that I drew out for our mastermind student, well, you can go to this episode 170 under the Life Over Coffee series. And the title of the podcast is Learning to Trust God while caring for others. Now, I have three other links to articles. Actually, I have four links to articles here that you can read. You can uh, look at this mind map, and then, of course, I have the show notes, the outline uh, that I'm sharing with you right now. Now, if you're one of those people that uh, tends to be a little fearful, uh, maybe struggle with anxiousness, or one of those folks that 
you do second guessing after you meet with someone, then I would encourage you to take a look at this outline that I have here. Listen to this podcast, of course, and then look at the mind map. And I think it would you would benefit from it. And then also I would encourage you to share these things with another individual that y'all sit down and, and talk about it and work through this. There are several things that I want to share with you uh, through the podcast. Uh, one of the things that I'm going to talk about are the hidden motives of the heart. What is going on underneath the surface of a person's life who overworries about uh, how they are providing counseling to someone? And then I want to talk about how to actively repent of those things that are underneath the surface of their life. And then I also want to talk about the things that ultimately will kill your faith. Counseling is, and I'm talking about faith in a sanctification context, not a salvific sense. Uh, we can't kill our faith from a salvific sense. We are eternally secure uh, in Christ because of Christ and not because of our works. But in sanctification, we can uh, damage our faith. We can truncate our faith. There are faith killers, and ultimately, I will talk about that at the end of the podcast, the three main culprits that's, that's truly underneath the person who uh, struggles with worry and anxiousness when it comes to uh, helping other people. And so if you want to read this, please go to episode 174. I'm sorry, episode 170, Learning to Trust God While Caring for Others. Of course, if you have any questions that you want to ask me, you're welcome to do that. Go to our website, rickthomas.net, and you can ask your questions. If you're not a supporting member, no worries. This is free to you. Get your username and password. Jump on our community forum and you can ask a question about this podcast, or you can ask a question about anything else for that matter. If you happen to be a supporter of our ministry, well, thank you for doing that. And then I want you to go to our private forum. And there's a link there uh, under the private forum to where you can talk directly to me, and you can talk directly to our team. And so you can do that, and we'll be the ones that will respond to you. If there's only one thing that you hear... Uh, from this podcast, I want you to hear what I'm about to share with you. It's six words. And if you take anything away, take this away. Ultimately, you cannot mess up anyone. And it's important for you to understand that. You care about helping people. You want to disciple people. But if you tend to worry about this idea or what I call over-caring, caring too much, caring in the wrong way, I want you to know that ultimately you cannot mess up anyone. Now, I want you to think about the implications of what I just said. You see, if you could mess up anyone beyond the point of, of being repaired, of being restored, it would mean that you are more are a more powerful force in someone's life than the Lord is. It would mean that greater is you than he who is inside the individual. It would, be, it would mean that you are more than a conqueror. But we know that those things aren't true. Ultimately, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Grace has broad borders. 
and God's empowering favor is expansive enough to overpower anyone's sin or anyone's poor communication. And you must believe this practically. As a caveat, as a side note, I I would want all of those who have been hurt by others. There's a lot of people who come to our ministry who have been hurt by other people. Some of them have been hurt by counselors. Some of them have been hurt by uh, spouses, been hurt by parents, however that may have worked out for them. And I would want them to hear this message as well. I don't want to minimize or uh, trivialize what has happened to them. I'm not doing that at all. That is not my intent. What happened to you, whatever it may be, is real. For many of you, it is horrific. Uh, There are some horrendous things that have happened to you, and I'm not trivializing that at all. But I do want to say that whatever anyone has done to you, it is not more powerful, more profound, more significant than the grace of God in your life. God is greater than the things that have happened to you. That is a side note. That is a caveat. But in context of this podcast, for those of us who provide soul care, who tend to be inhibited, tend to be disqualifying, as in we disqualify ourselves, or tend to worry too much about these discipleship care that we provide, you need to hear this as well. You cannot mess up anyone. What you do is not greater than God's powerful grace in somebody's life to rectify. Knowing that God's grace is more significant than all of our mistakes, I don't need to say this, but I'm going to say it. It's not a call to be sloppy in our soul care endeavors. You see, there are two ditches here. There are those who undercare, don't care, don't worry, don't self-assess, don't examine themselves, don't second-guess. Well, this podcast is not for them. This podcast is definitely not for them. That's another podcast. That's another story. It's another article. They need to care. They need compassion. They need empathy. They need to move from where they need to repent is what they need to do. But I'm not talking to them in this podcast. I'm talking to you who overcare and tend to second guess. And you need to know that God's grace is more significant than any mistakes that you potentially make. And I know that the mistakes that you make are are not premeditated. They're not things that you want to do. They're things that just happen because you are an imperfect person. An imperfect person cannot counsel or disciple perfectly. It is not remotely possible. But you care about that. You're not the sloppy person. And so it's not a call to be sloppy. What you want to do is make sure that you study hard and love well. Those are the two things that you want to do. You want to always be consistently studying God's Word and growing in the knowledge of Christ. And you always want to love God and love others more than yourself. And as you do that, ultimately, you must rest in God's grace as it will prevail in a person's life, even if you disciple people imperfectly. And so that would be the main thing that I would want you to hear from this podcast. I'll just repeat it and then move on. Ultimately, you cannot mess up anyone. Now, 
We have a person here, as episode 170 says in the title, Learning to Trust God While Caring for Others. My student in one of the reports that they did said that they struggled with this idea of providing faulty or insufficient or inferior counseling, and even to the point that it could hurt someone. And so I addressed that in my report to our student and then drew this mind map that is here in these show notes that you're welcome to look at. And one of the things that I encourage the student to do is that when you start talking about this idea, a caring person who overcares, a caring person who overcares, when you start talking about that, you have to address why are you overcaring? And the way that you do that is you have to go underneath the surface of their lives. You have to address the hidden motives of the heart that would tempt a person to paralyze them from speaking the truth. And what I want to give you is not an exhaustive list, but some suggestive culprits of hidden motives, hidden idolatries, some suggestive ideas of idols that may be working underneath the surface of a person's life who is overly, I would say sinfully, concerned about what they are sharing with another person how they provide discipleship care. And so here are five possible heart idolatries that you need to be aware of. The first one is the idol of control. The idol of control says this, I do not want to lose the friendship, which points to my lack of trusting in the Lord. You see, sometimes people who are overly cautious about the care that they provide one of the thing, one of the hidden motives of the heart is that they are concerned about losing the friendship, and because they are concerned about losing the relationship, it impedes the advice that they need to be offering. And by the way, parents struggle with this a lot. They don't want to lose the relationship that they have with their child, and so they don't say everything that they need to say to the child. And when that happens, or in any other discipleship context, when that's going on, then you're looking for the idol of control. This person is trying to control the situation, or in this case, control the relationship, even to the point of not providing the counsel that the individual needs to hear. And if you have a relationship that you think that you might lose, you could be tempted to truncate your care for them. And what that means is you're trying to control the situation and you're not trusting the Lord. And so one of the suggestive hidden motives of the heart is the idol of control. I do not want to lose the friendship. Therefore, I am not going to provide the care that this person needs. Another idol that could be a hidden motive of the heart is the idol of fear. The idol of fear says this, quote, I do not want to upset the individual. Now, this happens a lot, and I'm sure you, if you haven't succumbed to this temptation, you probably know someone who has. This is a person who, many times, the fear that I'm talking about is the fear of man, where other people are big and God is small, and I need to say something to, the, to this person, but this person is going to get upset, and I don't want to offend them. I don't want them mad with me, and because of that, fear that I 
idol of fear becomes all controlling in that moment. And so we have the idol of control. We have the idol of fear. And then a third one is the idol of comfort. The idol of comfort could say something like this, quote, I don't like drama. And if I speak the truth in love, it may cause ongoing issues between us. Now, this is an interesting idol. You could say the person is selfish or the person is lazy, but the person likes comfort, meaning they like life the way uh, that they prefer life to be, and they don't want to get into the drama or the messiness of a person's life. Well, I got some bad news for this person. It's unavoidable. Lives are messy. My life's a mess. Your life's a mess. We're all fallen people, and if we get within proximity of each other and we start interacting with each other, guess what? It's going to be messy. There's going to be drama. And if we choose that we want comfort more than we want to do soul care, then, well, that will uh, damage, uh, that will impede the type of discipleship care that we could offer. And so if a person is, is concerned about speaking the truth with another person, with another individual, you want to get underneath the surface of what is hindering them, what is impeding them, what is the inhibition, and you will find hidden motives of the heart. I have suggested three thus far. The idol of control could be controlling. The idol of fear could be managing the person. The idol of comfort. I just don't like the messiness of life. By the way, this happens a lot, unfortunately, in, in church situations. That churches, Church situations is where we do see a lot of drama, and some people just choose to step aside or to draw back and withdraw what they have or what they could offer to the situation. And then a fourth idol is the idol of self-reliance. Self-reliance says this, I seek to avoid hard relational issues by taking the role of a peacemaker. Now, I want you to notice how this one has been kind of turned and spiritualized. We see this person as a peacemaker. They seek peace at all costs. And if you're not discerning with a person like this, I'm not saying that all peacemakers have these hidden motives, but some do. Some don't like the, the messiness of, of lives, and they don't want to get into it, and they take the easier path, and they have the, the ability to smooth things over. They have the ability to bring peace to a situation, but they never deal with the issues. And what are they doing here? They are relying on their own strength. Their strength is their ability to be a peacemaker. But when you get underneath this peacemaking, what you find is a self-reliant person who is trusting in themselves and taking the path of least resistance because they don't want to get into the hard spots of uh, relational conflict. And so this is the idol of self-reliance. And then the fifth one is the idol of unbelief. Ultimately, unbelief is at the bottom of all of these. But unbelief, in the context of what I'm talking about here, it could say something like this, quote, I don't have the God-given insight to walk a person through issues. So often you will find that people will disqualify themselves from counseling. They will disqualify themselves from helping other people. People. Now, it is true that uh, there are levels of gifting within uh, disciples. Every disciple has a level of gifting, and every level of gifting is not the same. 
Everybody cannot do formalized biblical counseling where they can take on all comers. They just don't have the gifting for that. So I'm not talking about a person who has uh, defined limited capacity or competence issues. I'm talking about a person who automatically disqualifies themselves from giving insight in helping a person through a particular issue because they're unwilling to trust God. Everybody has some ability to provide soul care. Let me say it more clearly. Every Christian has the ability to provide soul care according to their competency and their capacity. But some people choose not to do it at all, and they use the disqualifier by saying, I don't have the God-given insight to walk a person through their issues. This is not an exhaustive list of some of the hidden motives of the heart. This is a short list, and these are some of the things that can be controlling in a person's life that inhibits them from going as far as they need to go with another individual. It could be the idol of control. I don't want to lose the friendship. It could be the idol of fear. I don't want to upset the individual. It could be the idol of comfort. I don't like drama. It could be the idol of self-reliance. I'm using my peacemaking strength to resolve this when the better solution would be to get into it and, and start working through the conflict. And then the idol of unbelief. I don't have the God-given insight to walk a person through their issues. Now, all five of these heart idolatries are interrelated. In fact, on one level, you could probably even substitute some of them out because they are synonymous. I'm, what I mean is that they are interchangeable. But the way that I have laid them out here for you individually, I've done it that way so that you can, you could see them and interact with them and see the slight nuance between each one of them. Because what I really want you to see is that the heart truly is an idol factory, as John Calvin said, and we serve, worship a multiplicity of idols. And I just want you to see how you can just turn the heart just a little bit and see a different facet of an idol in a person's life, and, and even though there is some similarity between all five of these, there are also distinct differences. And so when you are helping a person, you want to try to identify some of the idols that might be working in a person's heart. Now, if you want to take a closer look at this, I would encourage you to look at the mind map that I have in episode 170, learning to trust God while caring for others. Now, thus far, I've made this overarching statement, six words. Ultimately, you cannot mess up anyone. You must rest in that truth. And then I looked at some hidden motives of the heart that would hinder a person from doing discipleship well. Now I want to talk about the goal of discipling, where you really need to go, where you need to be when you are caring for others. And it's, there are really three things here to think about. And this is, this is really the sweet, sweet spot of discipling. And they're in this order. The first thing, you need to trust God when helping others. You just need to trust God when helping others. And so when my student is struggling with providing soul care because 
they don't want to hurt the person or they don't want to say the wrong thing. Well, first of all, we want to deal with whatever the hidden motives are that motivates the student to say that. I've identified five potential things here. But where I want them to go is I want them to ultimately trust God when helping others. That's point number one. Point number two, speak what you believe the Lord wants you to say. If you're trusting God when helping others, if you have God-centered confidence, that is your starting point. That is your point of departure, that you're trusting God. The important number two is obvious. Speak what you believe the Lord wants you to say. And then point number three, well, it's kind of self-evident as well. Rest in what you have said. Rest in it, in what you have said. You're trusting God when helping others. You've identified whatever hindering, impeding idols of, of the heart that have been working in your life that have been hindering you from speaking the truth, and now you're truly trusting God when helping others. Therefore, you're free to speak what you believe the Lord wants you to say, and then you rest with that. You don't leave the counseling session second-guessing. Oh, I woulda, shoulda, coulda. I mean, I could leave every counseling session. I leave every article that I write. I could go down that path. Maybe I should have said it this way or that way. No podcast that I've done that I'm aware of is perfect. Uh, I, I, maybe I should have said it this way. No, you trust God when you uh, develop that podcast. You communicate or speak the words in that podcast, what you believe the Lord wants you to say, and then you rest in it. You just rest in it and make sure that these hidden idols of the heart aren't uh, there uh, causing this second guessing or this consternation or this uh, anxiety that it can create. And so one of the things that you would have to do with these, say, these five hidden motives of the heart, control, fear, comfort, self-reliance, unbelief, is you need to run them through Paul's construct in Ephesians 4. In Ephesians 4, 22, 23, 24, that is to put off put on passage, put off, renew your mind, put on. And so I want to do that briefly here at the end of this podcast. I want to take each one of these five hidden motives of the heart. And, well, the put off is obvious, control, fear, comfort, self-reliance, and unbelief. But I want to talk about the put on. What should I put on? The idol of control, I must put off. My desire to control the situation and I must rest in the one who has all control. Well, you need to realize here that if you're struggling with the idol of control, the person that you're struggling with is God Almighty. Because what you're really saying is, I want to be in control. And God is saying, I am in control. And you're in a tug of war with the Lord. And this is a big deal. And you need to resolve whatever is wrong with your relationship with God. Because if you're trying to exercise control over the situation, when God ultimately has control over the situation, then you have a problem with God that you have to resolve. And so you put off your control and you put on God's control. Of course, how you do that, in the middle, you renew your mind, as Paul said in the Ephesians passage. And so you have to do the heart work to try to discern why is it that you do not want God to control the situation and you're trying to control it yourself. Hidden motive number two, fear. I must move my relationship with God from fear-based to faith-based when it comes to caring for others. And that's the two tensions there. Put off fear-based, put on faith-based, and that's where you have to go in this. And you have to answer a similar question. 
why will I not trust God in this matter? Why am I basically trusting myself? And then the idol of comfort. You could say it like this. I must realize that discomfort could be the Lord's way to mature me. By not stepping into the messiness of this relationship and not interacting with the drama that's going on, you're really removing yourself from an opportunity to mature in God because God uses difficult situations in our lives to train us up and to equip us to a even greater work. But if we choose our own comfort because of laziness, slothfulness, self-centeredness, selfishness, for those, whatever those reasons may be, we want comfort over hardness, over challenges, then we need to put that off because we're not seeing something that God has for us by walking through this difficult situation. And so we have control, put off, put on, fear, comfort. The fourth one is self-reliance. I have to repent of my self-sufficiency and begin trusting the all-reliant one. Now, this is similar to the control issue that I was talking about earlier. God is all-sufficient. God is all-reliant. You are not. I am not. But if I am choosing to use my strength, my gift, in this case, in the context of what I was sharing earlier, my gift for peacemaking, if I'm choosing to use my strength to keep me from trusting God, I have to address that. And then, of course, the biggest culprit of all is unbelief, the fifth hidden motive of the heart. And you have to address, why am I unwilling to trust God? I have more in this podcast that I would love for you to check out, specifically the faith killers. The big issue here in all five of these hidden motives of the heart is an unwillingness to trust God. And at the end of this podcast, these show notes here, I talk about three faith killers. You want to read about that. You can go to episode 170, Learning to Trust God While Caring for Others. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.